Will you shift my friend? With Graham and Nathan, a Go Loud original. Will you shift? Will you shift, my friend? 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 She asked me, she's like, you're obviously going to ask me to be your girlfriend. Like, we won the show, we kind of have to, like, be together. And I was like, look, realistically, too realistic now in, in hindsight, but I was just like, look, how is this going to work? I'm going back to go into an Olympic training program. You're the it girl in the UK. We're not going to see each other. This isn't going to work. Like, And she was like, oh, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. Hey, we are Graham and Nathan, and this is Will You Shift, My Friend, a Go Loud original podcast, because Go Loud is the home of Irish podcasts. In Will You Shift My Friend, we speak to well-known personalities all about the art of shifting. We talk about your first shift, teenage discos, holiday romances and breakups. You'll find new episodes of Will You Shift My Friend every Tuesday at 1pm first on the Go Loud app and all major podcast platforms and the new Go Loud app is available to download for free in the App Store now. Right, Enough talking, let's get into some shifting. One, two, uh, one, two. Now well, we're all good. Perfect. We are going. Greg O'Shea, welcome to Will You Shift, my friend. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> in. Really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks so much for having me on, man. Looking oh, forward to the chat. My God, it's an honour. The white whale, the white wizard <laughs> in the studio right now. I got to say, yeah. I was very impressed when I greeted you downstairs and you noticed straight away my new Reebok runners. I did. And I wore them specifically for you, Greg. Because <laughs> yeah. I have two pairs. I have a kind of a grubby pair and I have the newer pair. Now, I am going out for dinner after this as well. But I said, you know what? Because Greg's coming in and going to wear it. And he, the first thing you said to me, Love of the runners. Yeah. Well, I was trying to see what they knew or did you just give them a wipe with the wet wipes, you know what I mean, going out the door? Because they look good, man. I did I did both. I gave, yeah. They are new, but I also gave them a little bit of a screw up because I wore them out on Saturday night. And you know when you're in a kind of a late bar. You wear like, your white shoes out. Yeah. Are you crazy, man? Yeah. And I, it's not too bad when the shoes get dirty. It's when the laces get dirty. Yeah. Then you're screwed. If you've got dirty laces, you can't do it at all. Yeah, a good trick is, I've done it with these like four or five times, is you just um, put them in a the washing machine with a towel and then if the laces are absolutely destroyed, just get new white laces and the washing machine cleans them, up, cleans them up perfectly. Like, But would it destroy the runner? That's what I'm always no. afraid of. I'm always afraid of putting them in there. Yeah, well you don't do it hot, do it like 30 degrees. Honestly man, they're like new shoes coming out. Didn't expect this. Yeah. You're getting top tips from Greg O'Shea yeah. about keeping your runners clean. I love it. I mean, what big white towel, 30 degrees and there you go brand new absolute treat I will say you got a lovely compliment from Greg yeah I was hoping for maybe nice purple t-shirt uh, <laughs> nice long limbs you said my face is familiar yeah. to you <laughs> you know I'll take that who knows was it the homeless man down a laneway no. urinating or was it someone that you met in the club now that I look at you a bit more you actually look like the guy out of Harry Potter do you know the guy that was <laughs> oh, geez, that's never Ron good. Weasley no no do you know the guy that was the nerd but now he's grown up he, was, he liked the ugly oh. duckling story now he's gorgeous Neville yeah Neville, Neville. you look like Neville Longbottom my god but like hideous the, child the guy. but got better yeah, oh, ugly duckling story, that. lad. But are that. you in the frame of the young Neville or old Neville? Yeah. I think ugly ugly Neville. No. Sorry. Come on. Sorry. Even one o'clock, man. Like, You're getting abused. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but before we continue with this podcast, mm. what cologne are we wearing? Because <laughs> you smell like a summer's day. Do you know what, man? I think I don't think it's my cologne. I was in with the girls next door there, uh, Charlene and Ellie. Yeah. And they both smell gorgeous. And I asked one of them, I was like, what are you wearing? She said, Chanel C. Okay. So I'm hoping 
thing. It was kind of the getting a bit off that. I, I'm also wearing Prada myself, but ah, I feel like it. there we go. That's it. Yeah. So me and you were doing the Zara knockoff um, <laughs> colognes, yeah. which don't hold by about six o'clock in the morning. It's already gone. This morning. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I'm bougie. I got gifted it, so I didn't go out and buy it. You know right. Mean? So like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't be into my perfumes. And um, if any perfume wants to respond to me, though, that's fine. Of course, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Follow him on Instagram. You can get them up there. Yeah. Uh, Greg, thanks very much again for joining us. You are from Limerick. We like chatting to our guests about shifting. What did you call it in Limerick growing up? Was it shift or was it anything else? It would be meeting. Like, would you meet my friend? Okay. I don't know if you've heard of that one before. Yeah. yeah. Which, now that I say it sounds a bit weird, but it was, yeah, would you meet my friend or... Um, uh, never said shift. Shift was when, oh, when I got up to Dublin. And then I started using shift up here. And now it's kind of gone away from shift and now it's gone back to like more like PG, like kissing. So now me and my best friend, when he when he goes on dates, he's mad into that going, getting a kissy. Like, so <laughs> honestly, so he'll come home from the date and I'll be like, do you get a kissy? He goes, yeah, I got a kissy. <laughs> This guy's 27, like, and he's buzzing getting a little kissy. Like, so. I like his kissy. I love yeah. kissy. Yeah. yeah. And we actually met up with one of his college friends um, on the weekend. We went to a ball and uh, he said the exact same thing. He's like, oh, I was on a day, got a little kissy there before. And I was like, man, we're all grown men. Like, <laughs> so funny. That's though. great. Yeah. So you grew up in Limerick. Whereabouts in Limerick? I grew up in a place called Corbley. I don't know if you know Limerick. Have you been? No. You're missing out, man. Have yeah. you not been? Is it a good place for shifting? Uh, kissy, kissy poo. <laughs> Get my kiss on. It actually, man, if you go out in Limerick, there's a, there's a club called Amber. It's below House. Do you know House in Dublin? Yes. There's a house in Limerick. Um, Amber there, a little bit drunk. If it gets past like 1am, like who knows what can happen. Like, um, Come down with me, man. I'll help you out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Beck would be too happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a long-term relationship, <laughs> yeah. but I'll watch you kiss yeah. you. <laughs> Tell us yeah. about your first meet My back first in the day. Um, so, lovely girl called Grania. <laughs> still friends? I'm still friends to nice. this day, yeah. Yeah. So it was well there was a first kiss when I was five, right? But that probably doesn't count. Like this you're talking like a shift, like yeah. first shift is in a bush with a girl called Grania. <laughs> it was in a bush beside my best friend's house. So um and Grania had a little bit more experience for me. She'd shifted a couple of guys before me, so she knew what I was she was doing. I didn't know I have a clue what I was doing. She pulled me into the bush. Grania, I hope you're not listening. But um pulled me into the bush and we just went for it, man. And I know what I was doing, like washing machine vibes, like you know, wide stance, like hands down on the arse, <laughs> uh, tilt the head to the side, tongue out, not not coming up for breath. But it was lovely and we we went out then for a few months. Oh yeah, we so it led to something. Yeah, we were in sixth class now. So right. I was just at eleven, twelve. Um still a lovely girl and we we've um stayed in contact, yeah. I love the white stance. Because it just, sense, yeah, yeah. gets you low centre of gravity just in case anything happens. I not going to fall over. Yeah, nice white stance on you. So funny. Or if you like, I'm assuming you went to like teenage just because like, what was it up your Wes? Yeah. Yeah, where you're like, if you get the white stance but also lean up against the wall, <laughs> man, you're not moving anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what sort of bush it was? <laughs> it was actually a tall enough bush because they were trying to hide from, her gaff was only around the corner, so they were trying to hide from her parents. So it was um tall enough bush, yeah, just about head height. Like There was a wall as well, so nicely covered. <laughs> it sounds like Grania organised this. She, did say, she go for you or did you go for her? Was it a friend's organisation thing? Uh, it was a, it was would you meet my friend yes okay. it was beside my best friend's house as well he knew her and uh, he, he set it up All thank right. god he yeah. actually only messaged me this morning as well he was my childhood best friend obviously you kind of fall out when you go to different schools not in a bad way just drift away from each other and he only texted me this morning so who knows might be getting me to shift again <laughs> 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 and what was the teenage disco scene like back in the day good man what, what age did you start 
Um, I started when you're supposed to start in Limerick, which is second year um, of school. Second year, yeah. So what age is that? Like 14, 15? Yeah. And there was a disco every month called the Energizer. I don't know if you've heard of it. That no. sounds good. No. no. Sounds hot. Is Martin Guilford from Limerick? No, he's from Dublin. Is he from Dublin? I was yeah. going to say, he'd know. Um, it's called the Energizer, yeah. So our version of Wes. And uh, I went every month and, man, it would be like a competition for how many shifts you could get. Like, I don't know if you had that up here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what, was your, what was your biggest score? Let's all share our biggest scores. It's disgusting. Scores. <laughs> it's actually, if you said it now, I'd disgust it myself. Um, so it's a three-hour disco. 27. Jeez! Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> now, how long is the kiss lasting for? And are we including uh, three-way kisses? No way! <laughs> Not as a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I suppose is when it was on. Um, Twenty-seven. Yeah, man, it was a competition though. Like how oh. many? And it wasn't just lads against lads. Like how many? Man, girls were getting involved in it as well. Like oh. disgusting stuff. Now that I think back, and like yeah. there'd be chaperone. Like parents and teachers, like standing up in chairs, watching. Like the parents are watching, but like they'd separate you, and then you're like, "All right, that's one," and then you move on to the next one. (laughs) Honestly, I like the idea of the parents separating. You go, "Okay, Greg, that's one. Go, go, go (laughs) on, turn over, turn over." I think I was six. That's the highest. Do you remember? I remember the. I remember the night. So I'm from Mayo, Greg, and we were we the main teenage disco being Castle Bar, but we'd get on the same taxi as the Westport lads. So it'd be Lewisburg against Westport. A wayground in Castlebar, <laughs> and I remember there was about five or six of us, and I remember we pulled up, and the lads from Westport came in, and we wouldn't really talk to them too much. Yeah. But I had the biggest spot on my face. Oh. I mean, it was huge, and I was a very spotty teenager, Greg. Yeah. And I Same. heard one of them laughing at me, and I go, "Well, we'll see what happens on the pitch. We'll see." <laughs> now we only got six. They only got about between four or five of them. They only got about five or six, and I think we got forty something between four or five of us. Now I was the lowest scorer. I got six and then other lads got like nine and ten so they put good scores on the board. Now I, I did have the spot so obviously I wasn't going to hit the high numbers yeah. but we still bet Westport and that was the Unreal. main thing. That was the main thing. Where's yeah. the spot in your face? I'm inside my chin oh. so like literally you know but no. it was dark. It yeah. was dark, yeah, and I was determined oh, as man. well. I, I, was like, I struggled from acne in school as well. I had acne for three years, very bad. Did you have acne? Yeah, very yeah. Bad. We on, I still get it. Like, yeah, we're on Rakuten and all that, man. That's the tough stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you can curse in your podcast. But Go on. Fucked me up, man. Rakuten. How did you find? Well, so, what side effects did yeah. you have? I off Rakuten. Yeah, but I tried it. Do you have acne as no. well? No. You lucky bastard. No wonder you have such a nice face. Yeah. I've jaundice. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. I'm not well. <laughs> so I had tried everything leading up to that, like tetralyse and all that different stuff. And then eventually it gets to the stage where they're just like, all right, we're going for the big mama here, going mm-hmm. to Rakuten. Probably same story for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And then you can, it works two ways. You can either have a good reaction or a bad reaction to it. Obviously, I had a bad reaction, so it got worse for like six months. Like, and there's there's five levels of acne you can get. I know this is an acne podcast, but no, five, go I got four no, out of five. Last one I was missing was just cysts. Other than that, man, my face was so swollen, so red. My friends nicknamed me Volcano Face. Like, oh. it was very bad. Man. I had pizza face. Yeah, yeah. pizza yeah. face. Yeah, I actually got a photo here of my worst. Yeah, no, it was a couple of months after I started Arakutane. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that's not good for the confidence. Man, so bad. I was lucky I was playing rugby at the time and I was playing pretty well, so that kind of kept me uh, <laughs> yeah. kept me going. And I had a girlfriend, um, 
first love, like childhood sweetheart that had that was with me the whole time. Poor girl. You ready uh-huh. for this? So this is my first. Oh no! <laughs> it's my first night DJing, Greg. I want you to describe that. Oh, go for that it. That is horrific. It's more man. the expression, <laughs> which is terrifying. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's it, bad. We're talking River Island, long grey beanie, yeah. uh, the hair, Gel down. Simon from Inbetweeners, it's all parted oh. out. But the spots, there's one in particular ab- above the, the upper lip. lip. Oh my I God. remember my, yeah. my spots were so bad before on my head that I had to get my mum to wash my hair because I was in so much pain. Oh, I was yeah. like nearly crying. But the worst thing about this is, so this is the first night DJing, this is our Deb's fundraiser. And obviously I didn't look that great. On, I, was wearing, <laughs> I was wearing a t-shirt with a chicken with an egg inside saying, I got to get laid because I was a virgin and I turned 18 and my mates thought it'd be funny to buy me a t-shirt. I got to get laid because I was a virgin. You were 18. Then. And see this girl here? Yeah. I was in love with this girl. And she didn't obviously <laughs> love me because of how rotten I looked. We shifted once though, a few years before that, and I was kind of like so friend zoned. You can't even believe it. You know when you think you're getting on so well with a girl going, yeah. This girl is gonna be my girlfriend. Yeah, you got not for her, unfortunately. You went too far into the friend zone. Oh, like we would yeah. hang around each other's houses transition year we like every project we were together and I go, This is gonna be my wife. Oh lad. And then not still talk to her today. No. We don't. Dead. Do you have any yeah. now? I do. Long term. Long term. Long, long term. term. Back to yeah, Rocky Tail. Back though. to you, yeah. yeah um, Did you get the dryness in the inside of your nose and the nosebleeds? I had it all, man. Jeez, the nosebleeds, the dry nose. I had the, the Heath, Le- Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger? Heath Ledger. The Joker. Heath Ledger, the yeah. Cut lips that he has. Oh. I had the cut lips yeah. cracking up my cheek because it was so oh, dry. Man. Both sides. Um, joint pains. Uh, oh, so bad. Man. How long were you on, on it for? Six months on Aracutane, but I was uh, three years with the acne. But it, eventually it worked. Because um, you have no scarring now. Yeah, a little bit. I go, actually go to a dermatologist now um, in Dublin that's sorting it out, getting all the microneedles and stuff, but it was so bad. But I was lucky I was with a girl at the time, my like childhood sweetheart, that kind of stuck with me the whole time Aww. and got me through it. Poor girl, like, do you know what I mean? Aww. Oh, yeah, so what age were you when you were going out with her? 14 to... 14, 15 to like for five years so like what's that like 18, 19 yeah and was she yeah. friendly with Grania? Uh they knew each other they knew each other Grania was what 11 or 12 like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you remember the name going back to racket, what, what age did you go on it? went on it so pff, I'm going to say 16 right, I went on, were you drinking around then? No, I wasn't. I was um, a prune back in the Jeez, day. I, I went started when I was 19 or Aquitaine and the drink. 19? Yeah, I was on it for two years. Man. And the drink. Bloomer. Wow. It made me crazy. I remember the first night I went out on it and they were like, be careful of the drink. I was like, yeah, Grant, yeah, Grant. And then I remember my sister saw me in the club and she was like, what is wrong with you? And I was just a crazy person. It yeah. just turned. It, it turned, messes yeah. you up. This, yeah. this stuff is so bad that you have to like meet a therapist and stuff before being allowed to go on. It's psychologists and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like, kids in America have killed themselves while being on Rakuten. But then again, you have to take into account that you have acne and you're a teenager and hormones. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you can't just straight up blame the drug, but they do that anyway. Yeah. The Energizer. Yeah. That's the main spot then. What was the main song that takes you back to that moment in, in your life, in the teenage disco? Oh, great question. Uh, Bass Hunter, Joe, Now You're Gone. Yeah. Now you're gone. I realise my love you are strong. <laughs> I chew you, now you're gone. What a tune, oh, Great man. song, The Shifter. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And then, do you know when you get into the beat of The Shifter and you'd be, yeah. be shifting to the beat like, oh man, so good. Man, like. I would say you are a fantastic wingman. 
Uh, I love it, man. I love setting people up. It's the best ever. Have like. you set up anyone that's now still together? Um, I don't. I, mm, I don't think so. Maybe they're short-lived romances. Yeah, more than a night out. Like if a lad is like, like sees a girl, I'm like, man, I gotta go talk to her. Like you gotta get this done. Like what are you waiting for? And I'll encourage him, or I'll go over and talk to her and try and set it up. Yeah, because yeah. like what are we, none of us are getting younger, man. Do you know, yeah, hairlines are getting oh, further back our heads. Yeah, like, you know, wrinkles yeah. are appearing. What are we waiting for? But you're both in relationships. Yeah, you're yeah, both yeah. shit crack. But we're still we're still getting older. Yeah. We'll probably get older quicker. Yeah, like so many ailments, man. As you get older, <laughs> erectile dysfunction. I walk you can with get, a limp. You can get Viagra over the counter. Thanks now. very much for that. You, can, you don't need a prescription it. anymore. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. So, what that. was your longest relationship? So, I started going out with started dating or going out with someone at 14 now I'm 26 so what's that that's 12 years is it yeah, yeah 12 years 11 years of that with 12 I've been in relationships isn't that mad and that kind of one year off is when I went to Love Island what? yeah isn't that mad wow. um, so longest was 5 years that first girl I talked to you about the childhood sweetheart like 14 to 18, 19 um, really developmental years lovely lovely girl like we still know each other to this day she's actually going out with one of my mates now um, is that a bit weird not really because we were just kids like you know and then we went to different universities and we just weren't going to stay together but lovely girl I think she doesn't like me but that's fine do you know what I mean fair enough that's okay yeah that's life where did you go to university UL University of Limerick how did you find Limerick for going I think I went out once in Limerick and I can't remember where I went maybe it was was what age were you so I'm 30 now and that would have been about 10 years ago (sighs) I'm going to say so you would have been 20 yeah you probably went to Icon Probably, yeah. Sounds. I, I recognise the name anyway because yeah. my one of my best mates went to UL and he was living on campus. Yeah. We, we went down to him one night. There's another place called Angel Lane, but that's a little bit younger. No, be eighteen. Wasn't, wasn't Angel Lane. Yeah, oh, you can't. Good spot, man. Good spot. Limerick's good. I love Limerick, but no, I was playing professional rugby and trying to get to where I got to. Luckily, so I didn't go out that much, man. I didn't really yeah. experience the college life or the university life because Munster rugby, where I trained, was like in the university campus. So if I I was either training or in lectures or sleep. Like, you know, I didn't really do that kind of going out thing, unfortunately, but um, at least it worked out in the end. I got, got what I wanted to, do you know what I mean? Now, obviously, because you've been to the Olympics, at the time when you're that age, did mm. you have a bit of resentment towards rugby or were you just, this is my life, this is what I want to do, it's, that's all I want to do? Yeah, it was all I wanted to do, yeah. man. It never really, like, I, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind going away. To that. Like, I didn't go on a J1, didn't go on a six-year holiday, didn't do those, like, mad trips where you like, get so drunk and just make unreal memories and really develop develop yourself like socially and like and all that kind of stuff but I was always like I've one focus here and that's it is going to the Olympics and becoming a fresh rugby player and even Love Island like that wasn't part of the plan and I said no to that and it wasn't happening for ages and then we made it work on my off season I went in for two weeks um, but, so it was all its goal to go to the Olympics man like but then I didn't I made up for it like so on say in the off season with the lads in the sevens team like one time we were in the World Cup in San Francisco we stayed on for two weeks and travelled the west coast of, of America went to Las Vegas went to LA stayed in a frat house like so we definitely made up for it just a little bit later in life do you know what I mean so I don't look back in it in, um, in a kind of resentful way I look back be like I got what I want to do in a sporting sense and I've also made up for it now in a social sense so good crack yeah. you seem quite mature like you're an old soul. Did, you, did I, you have to grow up like doing sports? Like, did you? Were you doing a lot of trips away from the parents? Do you think that kind of 
Made yeah. you a bit more mature or something? I think so. Did you play team sports growing up? Played football, yeah. Yeah, I think... Fairly shite. <laughs> Maybe the height for it, anyway. Yeah. Um, I think with sports, man, especially if you're trying to become a professional, you have to learn discipline and structure and um, you have to be very determined very early or very early on or you're not going to make it. Like So you see teenagers now, like 16, 17, they're breaking into like senior squads and stuff because it's just... You have to switch on very quick. And the ones that do make it. So I think that's kind of what happened with me um, and it, that also spilled into the rest of my life Like, so I was very structured in my education as well got my law degree I'm very close to qualifying to being a solicitor right now even though I don't want to do it it's kind of like Joe in Ireland the p- parents are like go to school go to university get your degree get your missus and that's it you're done so I was kind of on that path and then Love Island happened it's kind of thrown it all up in, in the air but um, yeah it's always so you don't that want to do law don't want to do it man it doesn't excite Why me not? Yeah, I thought just sitting at a desk all day going through papers and people's problems like it's just just not for me man I really enjoy media and presenting and social media work and I just launched a fitness app as well like so give it a plug yeah (laughs) it's called Better With Greg yeah so if anyone wants to download and train with me live get involved that's the USB of it every single workout is live with me so it's not like other influencers that make fitness apps like record 50 workouts sell them to you and they're sitting in Dubai like drinking a pina colada like it's just (laughs) you know I'm there every single workout so um, I'm really enjoying that as well so where do you do the workouts is it in your house or do you in the gym is it kind of like Peloton uh, kind of that vibe, but yeah. like a poor man's Peloton. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the strap line. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. poor man's Peloton. Yeah. So I rent a studio near my house in, or near my apartment in Dundrum and uh, I just do it there because I feel if people are paying for a workout, can't be sitting in my living room, like, do you know what I mean? So mm. I do that. Yeah, it's great. It's unreal. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. Should we talk about Love Island? Oh, let's, I think, let's, let's dip our toe in. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Did you apply or did they come to you? Because I know there's two different kind of avenues in there where producers source you out. So how did that happen? So you're looking to get on, do you want me to tell you how to get on the show? (laughs) (laughs) Give us all the details, Greg. So there's kind of three ways you can get on Love Island. First way is you can apply. And there's no shame in applying. People like Ovi Soko, do you remember him in my year? He applied. Anton applied. Uh, Different people like that. So there's no shame in that. Um, I think like 150,000 people on average apply though. So it's slim chance you're getting in another way is they find you on social media so like Instagram or whatever they found me on social media I don't know how because I had like just over a thousand followers um, sent me a DM and initially I thought it was the lads taking the piss like because we watched in the team it's a lot of crack always like what would you do if you went in but the fact that the page was verified made me go okay this is real like Johnny, you can't get verification unless it's a genuine account so replied and ended up t- going to all the interviews and um so that's another way you can get on and then the other way is say if you're strolling around it probably wouldn't happen in Dublin but if you're strolling around London or Edinburgh or something see you in a cafe or whatever they'll walk up to you and be like will you do the interviews for Love Island yeah it's kind of like how they find models and stuff like that didn't they used to do that for Abercrombie and Hollister yeah, yeah. Like people just walk up to you on Grav and go do you want to work in Hollister yeah exactly. I never really understood Hollister though especially in Dundrum because it was such bad lighting <laughs> that you could look <laughs> like the elephant man and you get away with yeah. it. It was so dark yeah, inside, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So see, weird. just like one surfboard, but then you couldn't <laughs> see anyone. Yeah. Um, so were you watching the show when you were approached? Um, I've been watching the show for kind of two seasons before that, yeah, because the, the seventh scene I was in, we're all obsessed with it, like, you know, like everyone was at the time, we just watched it every week. And yeah, when I got it, I thought, oh, this would be a funny story, me going to oh, the interviews so for Love cool. Island, you know. Um, and at this stage, no one really had gotten the text to kind of go to Love Island. Everyone nowadays, every, you throw a fucking something out the window here, you'll hit someone that's gotten the Love Island message because it's 
because it went so well I think because Maura was on it I was on it they're like oh Irish people are a bit of crack like. so, mm. so loads of people get the message now but I got it back then and I was like this would be such a funny story to just bring true life that I interviewed for Love Island so I remember I replied and they were like alright we'll set up a phone interview so I was training in Lansdowne um, with, the, with the Irish 7s team and then we are finished out and going to the gym so like a 10 minute um, gap I got the call in that gap and I like walked away from the lads took the call chatted to this lovely girl named Sophie I remember and uh, she was like alright ch- ch- chit chatting like we are now but I didn't realise that she's kind of like getting a vibe for you how you are and uh, she at the end of the phone call she was like alright that's great we want to fly you over to London I want you to go in the next round of interviews so did that all the time the lads knew it was happening they're like oh this would be so funny like if you got on the show got all the way through the interviews like four different rounds met the producers of the show in London and they like sitting around the table like we are now and they were like so we'd like to offer you day one congratulations and uh, I was like look lads I can't do it I'm sorry and they couldn't the, look in their faces they were like what like no one's ever rejected day one because it's if you go on day one and do alright you're going to like do very well off the show but it just wasn't part of my plan as I said earlier like my plan was to go to the Olympics be a fresh rugby player and that just wasn't part of the plan so I said no went back to training um and watch the show like everyone else for like the first six weeks. And then we're, I remember we're flying out to the Olympic qualifier and the night before flying out, I got a call off Love Island again. We're like, look, we want you to go on. Can we make this happen? And I was like, look, he told me the deadline was the 12th of July. It was now like the 14th of July. They're like, look, we're just, we need, we need you to go in. We just need to make this happen. How are we going to make this happen? So I was like, I'm going to be in Toulouse for the weekend. You can fly me from there after the tournament if you want. So they're like, all right, we'll set that up. So, so I played Saturday, Sunday in Toulouse and then, after the game I left the game and at this stage the lads thought I'd said no and it wasn't happening so I was like I'm not going to tell them I'm going on right make it a bit more fun for them so I was like how am I going to get away from the lads because my parents are there as well and I was like I have to try and get to the airport now without the lads realising so my granny was really sick at the time and I basically told the lads I was like oh something's after happening with my granny I need to get home ASAP which is so bad in hindsight but like I had to come up with a genuine excuse that they wouldn't with follow up questions but what the lads didn't realise was that the granny that I said was sick was my mother's mother and my mum was in France like on the piss with the lads as well <laughs> I flew home to my, my granny the lads just never put that together anyway I obviously didn't go home went to the airport flew into Mallorca went into the villa the next morning and just ended up winning the show which is the craziest thing ever it was just so last minute. Oh, you minute. came across so well, oh. though. I remember we were watching, we hosted a Love Island final on behalf of Spin. Yeah. And just the support for you. Like, obviously it was, oh, the Irish guy is in, come on. But you were such a gent. I appreciate there. that, man. No, Thanks. you really yeah. were. And because who was being a bit of a knob? Michael. <laughs> it was Michael. Yeah, yeah. Michael Amber. Yeah, uh, I, I, so that's, I'm just so fascinated by the story that yeah. they, they really wanted you that bad. You okay. must have came across unbelievable. What in the sort of questions yeah. were they asking? And you? do you have to take off yeah. your top? Like, no. do you have to show your body? Not in the build up. No, no, no you don't. Um, but they check it all up on Instagram and stuff. So, I they figure it out. But um, it's just chit chatting, man. Like, we are now, but then they'd be like, so what do you look for in relationships? And then, like, if this happened in a villa, what would you do? So it's all very chit-chatty stuff, but at the whole time they're analysing you. Yeah. And then I presume they have like personality profiling. They're like, okay, Greg would Tino, go well with this person. They go well with that person. Like they're very smart people, like mm. these uh, this ITV producers. So um, they must have just like, his personality is going to do well in this show. So that, I think that's what they wanted. And Maura had done so well. Yeah. And she kind of set the tone for the Irish people coming in. And so. how long were you single for? Before, before going in there so I'd been in another relationship with a girl for four years and we broke up at the end of the summer and I went in 
the following what summer so what's that okay. like yeah end of summer to start of summer it's like nine months or something like when you come out of a relationship yeah. you're ring rusty Man, I don't know yeah. if you find uh, I found I, I was in a relationship for three years and, and we broke up and then when I was getting back dating again over I wasn't flirting I was more so speaking to the person as if they were an aunt or something <laughs> there was no flirtatious questions so did you find Love yeah. Island cameras everywhere Oh, this could be difficult speaking to these ladies. Yeah. See, the girl I'd been, I'd been with for the four years was the one girl. Do you know everyone has that one person that fucks you up, man? This is the one girl that messed me up. And like, to the point they're always going to propose to her, like, this is oh, the girl for me, right? Gosh. And then, long story short, she broke up with me over, fo- over the phone after four years and like, did the whole, blocked on everything, like down from Instagram, WhatsApp, all the way down to email, man. I would, girl went off the face of the earth. And obviously I'm distraught. This is the worst day of my life. You know, he couldn't find her for like six months, man. Non-existent. I was like, is this girl after dying or something? What's going on? Um, so obviously that tore me up. Didn't even look at a girl for like six months, man. I was just all over the place. And then I was at a house party in Dingle and I bumped into her roommate at the time. And I was like, here, come on. I was like, this so- six months on now, what happened? Like, I got to know, like, give me- throw a lad a bone here. Like, let me know what happened. She was like, look, she was seeing someone behind your back. Like, oh, do you know what I mean? God. And, uh, but like, you think that would have killed me, but it was actually such a relief because I was like, that's what happened. I was like, do you know what I mean? It's just, that shit happens all the time. But in fact, I know now. So literally then I had such a change of mindset. It was back into the like, normal world. And then Love Island got on to me that time as well. It's like, yeah, fuck it, why not? I'm going on the show. But I hadn't been on any dates before going on Love Island. And I think that's why I was just so normal on the show. Like yourself, like I just was meeting someone and talking to them. I was just talking to Amber. And, um, but I also think that any Irish guy could have gone on the show and done what I did. Because I think we're just so normal and so contrasting to the English lads. Nothing to the English lads. We're just so, we all have like manners. We all have nice family people. Like So I literally say that to everyone. I'm like, you could have gone on and you would have done just what I did. Just literally waking up in the morning asking Amber if she wanted a cup of tea. Like, just so standard, but like the English ads wouldn't do that. But she'd, <laughs> you know been I mean? tra- she'd been treated so badly by Michael that whole season. So, yeah. and she was the real nation sweetheart. So when you came in and they saw you treating her so well, everyone was like, "Yes, yeah. yes." Did you have your eye on Amber before you went in? Did you? You were like, "She's the one I wanted." <laughs> That's funny, man. Uh, you asked me that question. I actually only got asked this on the weekend by one of the lads, and I've never come out saying it publicly. But I'll say it to you because it's so far on. Because no one's listening. <laughs> yeah, let's be honest. So. Amber wasn't setting my sights in the six weeks leading up. The girl that I was setting my sights was Lucy Rose Donlin. I don't know if you know her. Blonde haired surfer. Blonde surfer oh, girl. Yes. Really, really cool. And I knew I'd get on with her because she wasn't getting on with the other girls in the villa. So I knew she was normal. Like, do you know what I mean? Not that she wasn't normal, but I knew that she was just like, she's just into surfing and fitness and all that kind of stuff. Like, what the other girls are very like prim and proper. Like, so I was like, oh, she's kind of cool. Like, so. Never even end up meeting her though. So she got knocked out the weekend before I went in. Oh, yeah. right. And there's, there's actually another story coming off the back of this. But anyway, so went into the, you get like put in a porta cabin and before going in, we're just like beside the villa. And they're like, all right, we're, put, we're sending you on two dates tonight. And you need to pick two girls to go on the date with. So people don't realize that Love Island isn't actually that um, choreographed. They're literally like, who do you want to go on a date with? So I was like, who's left? Because I hadn't watched her for the last two days. And they were like, all right, Lucy got knocked out on Saturday and um, Joanna got knocked out on Sunday. So I was like, fuck, you know, they're the two like, girls I kind of had pinned. So I was like, who's left? And they're like, Amber, Maura, Molly, whoever. I was like, who's not in a relationship? Same again, Amber and uh, Maura. And I was like, all right, those two, so. And um, first was Amber. 
<clears throat> we went into the hideaway, had the date, and we just got on like house on fire straight away. Like she's absolutely gorgeous, good crack, and it went so well that they just canned the date with with Mora. I was going to ask. I don't remember yeah. seeing you on a date with Mora. No, so Amber's supposed to get up off the date, go down and get more. Mora's supposed to come up and have a date with me then. But they were like, "You and Amber have gone on so well." You're, that's, that's what we're doing we're not going to give you a date with Maura and then funny enough the next morning there was like a breakfast kind of thing and they got me more to sit down but like it was more like sitting down and having a chat with my sister like you know she's just oh yeah she just had the banter like that and me and Amber just gone really well for the two weeks and people fell in love with us but um, it, was, it was never initially the plan to, to be with her no was it very surreal being in there because you, mm. you're so normal and yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not like a person that's chasing fame or anything like that like you know you can spot the people a mile off who are just in there to like yeah. gain followers on Instagram. Yeah. It must have been very surreal. Especially yeah. after you were watching it as well and you basically knew these people yeah. and then you're in the middle of it. Yeah, it was like meeting movie stars or TV stars when I went in because I've been watching them for the six yeah. weeks. I remember meeting Ovi and like he's like six foot five, gorgeous man. Like, and I was like, Jesus, this is insane. And there's cameras everywhere, like in every room. and every, You can't get anywhere without a camera being on you. Even in the toilets, there's cameras. Like it's just, you can't take a shit in peace. Like it's mad. <laughs> but it's just, you get used to it after a while, but you're always aware that there's cameras on you. So I, I was just like, I remember my mother's watching this so like, I tried not to curse I tried not to be vulgar and, but I think a lot of lads slip up and dance it so that was literally just it I was like don't be vulgar don't have sex on camera and otherwise just do your own thing Would that be through doing the sports because you were like you're playing at such a high level would you have been media trained? Yeah you get media trained when you're playing uh, when you're contracted to like a, a professional rugby team you get media trained yeah but Jeez, not, that's helpful Probably was yeah probably in hindsight now that you say it it probably was helpful that I just wasn't too over the cameras weren't too overbearing but funny enough a lot of the cameramen in the villa were Irish lads oh. yeah yeah. so like I remember be sitting down and like a wall would pull back behind you and your man would be like alright <laughs> <laughs> yeah I swear to god Irish lads there's a full Irish crew out there and I'd be chatting away to them like they're so funny so you're just chatting to the cameramen and the producers and all that chatting to the cameraman he'd be like you're doing well fella I'm like oh my god oh, yeah. <laughs> did the producers fella. kind of float around and chat to you as well off camera the producers are in and out all the time there's loads of hidden doors and stuff and they come out and say if we're having a chat and they don't like what the chat's about they'll come in ask you right you now need to ask him about the girl he was getting with last night and then they'd leave and you'd start again oh, yeah, okay. yeah but like every word you say is your own word Like so if you say something wrong you fucked up yourself but they want you to have certain conversations gotcha. you, know yeah. what I mean? you said there that the main things you want to do is swear or have sex mm. easy enough to say that when you're only in there for two weeks if you were in there for the whole for the two months do you think it would have been different? I think so, yeah. Because if, if you're with the girl from the very beginning, like Tommy and Molly May, that was your season? Yeah. Surely. You're going in there, you're sleeping with the same person for two months. Yeah, they were having sex in there. Yeah. You just never saw because they did it um, spooning. Ah, right. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So but a lot of a lot of people had sex in there, yeah. I was only in there for 13 days, so I just was able to hold the urge back, like, you know. <laughs> Look, not to be like Raisha from Big Brother, but is anyone kind of going to the toilet and just yeah. having a good old time? The lads, themselves? all the time, yeah. So, in a, and you get like a prep meeting for the going producers on. behind the wall. <laughs> Go on, lad. Yeah. Go on, son. <laughs> so they told me before going in, like, that there's cameras in the toilets and just letting you know, like, we can see everything right and and I was like what like lads taking shit and stuff she's like more than that like lads have gone so in where can you go the hideout by yourself nowhere oh, you're not the shower you can't go anywhere so they do have video footage of anyone going to town on themselves <laughs> yeah that's terrifying but they don't 
they said we can watch it. It's recorded. Like so, basically, if a, a fight starts out in the bathroom or a couple goes in there to have sex, they need to be able to record that. Like so, uh, that's what. But there's not a like a lad. Well, there could be, but there could be a lad sitting like just down the road like this. Like you know what I mean? Okay. I'm um, loving it. So, what was it like? Obviously, you won it. I remember you appeared on the Late Late Show, and that was a big deal. And then it came out that you were no longer with Amber. But yeah. Are you single now? I am single now, yeah. So how do you find dating with such a profile? <sighs> it, it's weird, Pain man. Pain in the so, arse, is it? A little bit, yeah, because you just can't trust people's intentions, man. Do you know? And the girls that came out of the woodwork when I came off the show, lads, was the funniest thing. Like, girls that wouldn't give me the time of day or, like, left me on scene or, like, didn't want anything to do with me out of the show and they're like, hey, how are you? You did so well in the show. Yeah, yeah fuck off, man, yeah? <laughs> I called out so many girls on their shit, like, and they're like, no, I just wasn't in the right place and we were texting before. I was like, yeah, good man, yeah. <laughs> so I lo- It was one of the best things ever, just, just putting those girls down. Um, so it was mad. The whole Amber thing, yeah. As again, because I'm just so structured at that time in my life, it just wasn't part of the plan, man, to be going out with a girl from England. Yeah. Do you know? So I was like, she asked me, she's like, you're obviously going to ask me to be your girlfriend. Like, we won the show, we kind of have to like be together. And I was like, look, realistically, too realistic now in, in hindsight, I probably should have bit my tongue and see could I make it work. But I was just like, look, how is this going to work? I'm going back to go into the Olympic training program. You're the it girl in the UK. We're not going to see each other. This isn't going to work. Like, And she was like, oh, I don't want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with me. So I was like, all right, so. <laughs> you know I mean? she, Would it be incredibly awkward if you saw her now? I don't think so, man. We've we've spoken to each other once since. It was around Caroline Flack's death and we kind of just like a mutual respect and we're like, look, we probably got to handle that a bit better, but it's done now. And So yeah, she kind of threw, threw all the toys out of pram when I didn't ask her to be my girlfriend. And then I went to training, I remember the training session, came back after that and my phone had erupted, being like, Greg breaks up an Amber over text, all this stuff. And I was like, I rang her, I was like, Amber, are you messing? Like, that didn't happen. She's like, I know it's not me, it's my management, they just want to put the story out there and I don't want this to happen to you. Yeah. I was just like, oh my God, like this, you're just killing me. Like, you know, so I was like, I don't want to talk to you again, I can't believe you do this to me. Just got stuck back into whatever I was doing. The lads really kind of came around me and I was, man, I was kind of oblivious and naive to it all. I didn't really realise, funny enough, my best friend who I live with, one day I came home from training and he goes, man, you know you're kind of getting cancelled right now. And I, <laughs> and I was like, man, I was so naive. I was like, what's cancelled mean? I didn't even know what cancelled was, man. And he had to explain to me and I was like, all right, okay. I didn't really get it, which was kind of good in hindsight at the time. I didn't know what was happening to me. But now in hindsight, I've lost over 800,000 followers. Like, hashtag unfollow Greg was trending on Twitter. Like, I got really? absolutely abused, man. For like... People were like, oh, you just came in and stole the money and you're such a money grabber, you're a dickhead, all this stuff. And I was like, oh. I came home to take a job that is paying me below minimum wage. Like, I'm by far not a money because grabber. Because I remember that appearance on the Late Late Show. Was she supposed to appear She was supposed on to it? come, man. And I remember that was a big deal. Yeah. She hasn't turned up. Then it was, yeah, yeah. that coming The morning out. of is when all this is oh. happening, man. It's, and the thing is, I, pro- I probably should have bit my tongue and be like, all right, get over, do Late Late, and then I'll have a normal conversation about it all. But as fact, she called me out being like, Will you ask me to be your girlfriend? I was like, No, I'm not going to do it. It was just, I was too honest at the time. Like, mm. um, so anyway, that's all happened. Grand. We kind of laugh about it now, um, and yeah, we haven't seen each other since. Like, we just kind of we had one conversation. We just kind of leave it off and respect each other from afar because we had a mad experience together. But she's doing well. I'm doing well, and I'm, I'm much happier now. But when it comes to dating now, so all that happened, funnily enough, and then I met this girl, this influencer girl, that was a mad fan of Love Island just after I stopped dating Amber and 
dated her for two years, man. So I was with her for two years and no one knew because we kept it completely under wraps and we only broke up with her last Christmas. Um, so yeah, it's been mad, but no one kind of knew that was happening. Um, so like, as like in the face of it, I was going around and people were, st- I was still not acting like I was single, but you said, what's it like with like, girls coming up to you? So like, man, it's always just girls just want to know about Love Island. Like, you know, no one really cares about further than that. So it's just really hard now to even trust people's intentions. And I haven't even got back into the dating world yet now since breaking up with her. Um, just because I just had a tough breakup. It it was, it was a tough breakup because last two years, what we were, what we were all doing for the last two years, we're all in COVID. Like, so the two years of a relationship was over COVID. She was in London, I was in Dublin. So it was all long distance. And it was kind of crap, like obviously it's crap because we didn't see each other. Like I might f- sneak over for a flight every couple of weeks or she might sneak here. And then I retired, moved to London and we started dating normally. But I think just so much like crap had happened over the last two years, like with COVID pandemic and all that stuff. We were just like, look, it's just been too much stress for both of us. Let's just call it a day. And she wants to just be a influencer and concentrate on influence all the time, influencing all the time where I want to enjoy life I want to go do different stuff and she's just like no I have to do this campaign I have to do this and I'm like look we're just not on the same page you, you go it, do your thing is it weird the relationships you've had not to get back to a Gronya, obviously you were so young but these really probably nice Irish girls it's a bit more would you say traditional yeah. and then dating a influencer over in the UK yeah what seems more natural to you yeah you've hit the nail on the head there man so like that girl I was with for the last two years, um, easily, like without even question, is the most be- is the best looking person I've ever seen in my life. She is insane, like ten out of ten. But then we just weren't on the same page as you said there. All she cares about is being an influencer, and I'm just like, just like a normal Irish lad, and I'm not like turning my back on the the massive following I got given, even though it's like half since I came off the show. Still have nearly a million people following me. Like, that's, man, if you put that in context, like a million people, that's insane. I can't believe you read my message on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to get Greg O'Shea on the podcast. And I was like, well, I'll just send him a message on Instagram. What are the chances you look at it? Because I look at your followers, and it's like just below yeah. a million. And I was like, and then you messaged me within an hour. Yeah. Like, Geez, that's awful sound. Now and again, I'll just drop into the request section. Yeah. And if it's up the top and it's something that looks normal, like, that's what happened with you. I was like, yeah. normal lad. And also, I'm very. I, ver- I try much harder to reply to lads message me than girls like girls are just always looking for something like where lads lads message me he usually has a question either he's struggling with something or he wants to know something about sport or what, I we- what I'm wearing or something so that's what happened with you and I saw it I was like yeah well, you know, I'm going to be in Dublin next week why not um, but to go back to your thing about dating influencer yeah man I was just because she was just obviously the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life I was like I, do, I really want this to work and then we just weren't on the same page man. I just had to swallow that pill and be like look it's just it's, we're just not maybe she'll someday realise that like influencing isn't everything like, and she'll want a normal relationship but for me just wasn't for me at the time which is kind of really shit but um, yeah then I came back home and all my mates and my friends and my sisters and my family have said you just need a good Irish girl now <laughs> that isn't into social media, isn't into like all the taking photos and just a nice girl who probably didn't watch Love Island and I'm like, that is probably what I need but like I'm just, man, I'm avoiding girls like the plague at the moment like as well. I presume then you were in a relationship during the Olympics? Yeah, okay. I was. So you were obviously not single but is it true what they say about the Olympic Village? Now I know it's very different because in Tokyo it was COVID and everything like that yeah. but is there a lot of shifting going on over there amongst <laughs> the different athletes? So the, the Tokyo Olympics that we, uh, I went to is iconic in the sense that it's the one that happened during COVID but there was restrictions man like you won't believe like do you know there's 
we weren't really allowed to mingle as much with other people. We weren't allowed into Tokyo City. Like, so once you're in the Olympic Village, you're in and that's it. There's like, what do you call it? Like a glass panels between each table. Like, so, and the car, the bed, do you hear the beds? There were cardboard beds. It was to discourage uh, having sex. Yeah. <laughs> they, that and also yeah. recyclable. So we kind of hit two, bur- two birds, one stone there. Um, but at the end of it, so what usually happens in the normal Olympics is you finish competing and you you stay on for like two weeks, you go into the city, you go out, you kind of release everything that you've just been building up for the last four years and everyone just has a lot of fun. So I've been told by other Olympians. <laughs> and then um, we weren't allowed to do that because once you'd finished in the Tokyo Olympics, you had to fly home the next day to get you out of there because COVID's so bad. But some of the lads tried their best. Like we snuck, we snuck in drink. Of course, the Irish lads snuck in drink. So the swimmers, a couple of the swimmers had finished just before us, or the boxers, one or the other, and they were like, "All right, lads, we found out how we can get in drink." So there was like a little entrance on the far end of the village. You could walk down there, and there was like an old Japanese man manning it, like, and you just walked out, walked down to a Seven Eleven, got some beers, and walked back in, and we just drank in our uh, in our in our apartment, and um, had loads of crack with like the the. Female rowers had just won their medal. Some of the boxers had finished. Some of the swimmers had finished. We just drank down in the, in our apartment. And then one of the lads, if you follow the seven team, you're going to know who it is. He is very big on social media. He started messaging other Olympians in the on Hinge. Man, Hinge and Tinder was flying in the village, like like because obviously everyone wants to know who's doing what. So he kind of like texted other athletes, and he got a bit done in there. But <laughs> he got a bit done. But, the last night there. Oh. Other than that, all the rest just had girlfriends, but this one lad didn't, and he he did all right. He made up for the rest oh. of you. He did, yeah. Oh, oh. I've I've so enjoyed it's this conversation. So, yeah, so you're much so break. refreshing. You're yeah. so open, yeah. Greg. Yeah. Yeah. So what's next for you? What do you want? So next for me is so I retired after the Olympics. I just spoke about and to be honest, man, I actually found it really difficult retiring because in some way I kind of lost my identity. Like do you know, because for ten years I was a fresh rugby player, even the went on the biggest show in the UK, won that, said no to basically everything, came back and went training again to be the rugby player I wanted to be. Obviously took opportunities in and around that, which has gone really well for me, but that was always my identity. Like, no, this is the plan. Worked out perfect, got what I wanted. Then I retired because of, they only pay you 18 grand a year. I'm 26, so I need to think about what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. Build a career for myself. So I was like, all right, what am I going to do now? Like, you know? And I remember I went to meet these big agencies in London sitting around these massive tables in these beautiful, like Covent Garden, things like this. And uh, sitting around, like, all right, Greg, you won Love Island. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, like you went to Olymp- Olympics. That's cool. You're, you're an Olympian. But like, who are you now? Like, what's your selling point? I couldn't answer them. I was like, I actually don't know. And it happened three times in a row. And it was such a slap of reality being like, like, what am I going to do now? Who am I? What am I doing? And at that time, I was in the relationship with that girl, which I knew wasn't going to work out, unfortunately. I was in this big new city by myself. Um, I wasn't seeing the boys every morning training anymore. It was a weird space for me, man. And people would come up to me like, oh, you're Greg O'Shea. You must be flying it. And I was like, oh, I actually don't know what's going on right now. So I kind of like had to really like reassess. And I, I remember going home and I was like, all right, I have to make shit happen, man. Because if you don't do it, no one's going to do anything for you, man. Do you know what I mean? And that's what it was a big reality check for me because in rugby, man, you're so sheltered. You're in a bubble. Everything's done for you. You're given your schedule, given your physio time. You're told... All you have to do is turn up and train. That's it. And feed yourself. They actually make your food for you. So you have to, all you have to do is put the food in your mouth. So you're given everything, which is class because you need to be able to concentrate on the training. So I got out and I was like, if I don't get up in the morning and make something happen, nothing's going to happen for me. So I was like, what am I passionate about? All right, I love fitness. I love wellness. So I'm going to do something with that. Made my fitness app. I love media. I love presenting. But no one has really given me gigs. So I was like, who do I know in what places? 
I started going, this guy's there, this guy's there. And I, that's why I got a job with the BBC. God. I've done some stuff at Virgin Media and it's all about who you know, man. Which is mad. I, was, but then it's all about delivering when the opportunity comes. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like get in the gig and then the knocking it out of the park. Exactly, yeah. So that's when, re- like the House of Rugby stuff, I got that as well. And it's very in my space, like, so I'm much more comfortable doing it. And then the other thing is just social media brands. Like I've worked so with Connecticut and with Dyson. I'm just signed with someone called DHB, who are a leisure fitness brand, which are very in my space. Like, that's you great. know, it's very normal for me. And I'm just creating content for them. And like, I've like picked fitness challenges for me to do so I'm cycling the length of Ireland at the end of this month with my mate from November in Lo- in October in London I'm doing the marathon for Alzheimer's so I'm just picking things to kind of keep myself focused in a fitness sense as well and it's all just kind of crazy man but I, it, it took me a few months to kind of pull it all together but it's going nice. well now not a lot of time for shifting in there Man, I ha- as, as you asked me, about, I haven't got back into the dating world just yet, man. <laughs> I haven't got back. Few kisses, yeah. Few kisses. Everyone, few kisses. Everyone's telling me I have to get on. Um, I get on Raya. I don't know if either no, you were on Raya. Raya, <laughs> that's the celebrity one, isn't it's it? It's like the bougie Tinder, yeah. But like, who's going to be on it, man? Like, I don't know Ryan Tuberty or like jo- Joanne McNally or something like Joe. So, like, she's lovely, like, but jo- in Ireland, who's going to be on Raya? Like, I was so. seeing pictures of you and Joanne McNally after a gig and I thought she's super yeah, couple there she's cool man she's she's hot and she's funny like but it's just nah. I just know Graham we're going to be rustling through the newspaper oh, in yeah. a few months time mm-hmm. and we'll be like Greg O'Shea dating blooming <laughs> Ellie Goulding or something <laughs> and honestly I can't tell you how dormant my love life is at the moment like <laughs> But like, well, hopefully now. Yeah. After the launch of this podcast, this is it. They're going to come for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll the, see. There's a, a lovely Irish girl listening who's <laughs> never heard of who you were. Yeah. She doesn't know who you are. Yeah. Not aware of Love Island. She's in the Gwail Tucker or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't have internet. So yeah. Has no Instagram. Yeah. She goes. I like the sound of this guy. Yeah. I'm going to try it. <laughs> I want to kiss you this boy. Yeah, kiss you this boy. Oh, yeah. uh, Greg, Greg has been class, Chad. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. on will you shift, my friend? See you later. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to Will You Shift My Friend, brought to you by Go Loud. And remember, Go Loud is the home of Irish podcasts. Whether you're looking for a laugh out loud comedy, a gripping true crime story, or some practical life advice, the Go Loud app is the place for you. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Myself and Graham, we don't get out of bed for a four-star review. absolutely not. We need five stars, please. And you'll find Will You Shift My Friend first on the Go Loud app and all major podcast platforms too. Coming up on next week's episode... The night ended. And my friend Brian just... (laughs) In the middle of the dance floor, started shouting, shift my friend, and pointing at me. And everyone was chanting, shift his friend, shift his friend. And then the DJ comes on the microphone and goes, lads, I have a girlfriend. And it was like a pantomime of everyone going, aww. (laughs) 